Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. By the way, with Gamewell, remember Gamewell's a fifth round pick, Matt. Right, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in other words, you know, I mean, so, I mean, that's a fifth round pick who didn't play this year. He opted out. It's, you know, to me, I'll get rounds four through seven this year. There's more throwing at darts than ever. Because I think those are the rounds where you really need your scouting more than ever. And it just can't be... I know the the old saying, video doesn't lie. Rounds four through seven, I think you need to exhaust every means possible. Video, scouts at practice, things like that. And you didn't have scouts at practice this year. Now, you wouldn't have been practicing anyway. But it's, I, it just... He's a, he's, a, he's a pick that the, that doesn't excite me. And now, a year from now, we may all be sitting there and he's the rookie of the year, but it, I looked at him and went, okay. I didn't even think he was the best running back on that team. Even in a year where he gained, 19, he gained 1,900 yards, Matt, 1,900 yards. And I thought Patrick Taylor was a better running back. Hmm. Interesting. And then when, they got, then when they got to the game, when they got to the game, Patrick Taylor was the better running back. Well, we shall see then because you got Miles Sanders for goodness sake. Well, I right? Think you're no, no, okay. no. If I envision, I envisioned him being more. Maybe they can use use him because he converted from the slot to running and to running back. I think if the Eagles maybe catch. convert him back to to a slot guy because they really don't have anybody like that right now. Well, and you got Ward's Miles a for a, for a three down back. Then maybe you think you got something here. I thought it would be right. a project per se, but I thought the talent was good in the fifth round to get. I mean, look, Greg Ward's your slot guy. All right, besides right? Greg Ward, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's at least an established, reliable receiver. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street and somebody go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business insurance. You know what our motto is here at the station. It's really simple. Uh, we want to be associated with the best in the business. When it comes to this show, we want to be associated with the best. Purdy Insurance is the best in the business. Simple as that. They'll take care of your policies. They'll make sure you're insured. They're great people to deal with. Just as people. Just great people to deal with. And also, uh, they make sure they get you the best price. Trying to save you money at the same time. Really important. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Talk about being with the best in the business. Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Key, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Okay, uh, on the Kentucky Derby, Johnny Velasquez is normally, Johnny V is normally an East Coast rider. But Bob Baffert asked him to come out and ride this horse. So he goes out to California and he rides him. And the horse doesn't win. 
Bob Baffert then asked him to come back out to California and ride the horse again. Now, what does it tell you that Johnny Velasquez did? He must have, on aboard that horse, felt like he had something. Because he doesn't normally do that. And in the Kentucky Derby, Bob Baffert and Johnny V found out exactly what they did have. Come into the final furlong. Mandaloon fighting for the front. Medina Spirit battles on. Hot Rod Charlie on the outside. And Central Quality on the far outside. The four of them coming to the finish in the Kentucky Derby. Here's the wire. Bob Baffert does it again. Medina Spirit has won the Kentucky Derby. Mandaloon was second. Hot Rod Charlie was third. And Central Quality was fourth. 2-0-1-0-2 the final time. Bob Baffert stands alone with seven Derby wins. Seven Derby wins, also the fourth Derby win for Johnny V. And Johnny V was also aboard the winner of the Kentucky Oaks. Talk about a rare double there. Yeah, and that one was a photo finish. Yeah, very close. Uh, I get the suit. I guess put all his cash on something called Alpo Alpo's Dream. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't. S U I T. That spells suit. Sometimes the name of the horse tells you it doesn't have a chance. <laughs> All right. So, so with that, let's bring in Matt Leon from Philadelphia. Welcome, sir. Good to be with you. All right. So let's uh, let's get to the obvious, and that is the draft. Eagles in the uh, first round. Went wide receiver last year. You and I didn't like the pick, but now it's Devontae Smith this year. You were say? I think it's hard not to like this. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely agree. I mean, on paper, this is the almost exact – I said on Twitter that it was almost surreal to have the Eagles' first-round pick just be the best player at a position of need. Nothing cute, no yeah buts, no he wants to be a fireman, no he's coming <laughs> off two years of injury, no he was on a Mormon mission. Like, it just – the best player at a position that can plug and play – a1 and produce. Um, it's one of those it's, it's one of those picks. It's the right pick. Even if for whatever reason it doesn't work out, you cannot blame them for oh. this. It was the right pick. No, I, you know, it's what do you do on that day? And that's what we're talking about. Now how it plays out? I mean, let's face it. I mean, a lot of people gave the 2017 draft A's and it's not an A draft. I mean, it's right. <laughs> okay. So uh, but I look at Smith, not only that, but fearing the Giants might take him, they made a deal and they jumped over the Giants to take him. I mean, yeah, I think even better in terms of the move they made. Oh, absolutely. I think it's probably, you know, and I would include the Wentz, it's probably the the best pick, high pick the Eagles have made in 10 years. It, it just was an exceptional talent once again at a position of need they went and got them didn't get cute alright so now we get to the second round and again he's had two major injuries in his career but when he's played he's been terrific and that's Landon Dickerson and I think he's kind of the key to this draft because you know we talk about Devontae Smith there's no yeah buts with this kid, there's a bit, it's, you know, a leader, phenomenal interior lineman, obviously coming from 
you know, premier program. But, I mean, two ACLs and significant ankle issue before, you know, the age of 23, I mean, that's, that's a lot. And I, like I said, I think he holds the key because a lot of times guys are injury prone until they're not. And if he can play, you've got your – you go from Jason Kelsey to him, and that's a nice trade of the handoff or handoff of the baton. But if he's slow to come back, if he's – you know, just proves that he's one of those guys that just can't stay healthy for whatever reason, uh, you know, I, that's why I think he, he holds the key in the long term, I think, how he plays out will determine uh, what direction this this draft class goes. Yeah, uh, and look, when he plays, he's terrific. And and he can play multiple positions. In other words, Kelsey can play center now, and he can play guard. And when it's no longer Kelsey time, it's Dickerson time at center, which is now the question is whether or not he will be healthy enough to do it. And who knows? Maybe it's all behind him. Yeah, no, it's, we see guys like that, yep. you know, and it's also possible we're talking five years from now and he doesn't make it out of his first contract before, you know, he becomes a free agent and we say, well, we should have seen it coming. You know, it's. Yeah. I think that the fact that they really hit on their first-round pick, I give them some some rope on this pick because the kid is really talented. Um and, you know, it might not be a position of immediate need, but the offensive line is going to need to be addressed in a hurry. And, you know, if they, if they can plug him in for the next 10, 12 years, uh, it's a home run. But, uh, like I said, he's right on the edge there where yeah. uh, how people will look at this. And it's time, only time will tell. I mean, that's yeah. for any draft, but especially, I think, for this pick. So then a little bit later, I think I want to say it was round four, they took a player that actually started his career here uh, before he transferred to Texas Tech, that's Zach McPherson. Uh, so what was the uh, – obviously position to need at corner. Uh, so what have people been saying about how they felt, especially how he played at Texas Tech? Uh, I don't think people around here, frankly, knew a lot about him. Uh, I think it is a position to need. I think most of the disappointment – was that cornerback wasn't addressed on the first two days because they really are in a situation where you have Darius Slay starting at one corner and it is completely unknown who's going to be at the other corner. Uh, So I think a lot of people thought they were going to be in a position, um, you know, after Smith. And I think that's where some of the eye-rolling about taking Dickerson coming off an injury came from when there were cornerbacks that could have been much like Smith at that position where they could have drafted, and you can pretty much pencil in, will be the starter on opening day at a position they desperately need help. Um, from what I've looked at, it sounds like this kid is a player. You saw mm-hmm. some some pundits had him as kind of a sleeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say I know much about him, but uh I think most of the frustration, quote-unquote, with that pick is I think people thought that they would have taken a a higher-profile defensive back earlier in the draft. Right. Okay, so now I mean, the draft is over. There really can't be a lot of griping about it uh, in the end. So let's turn our attention for the moment to baseball. Uh 
on the double play ball in the Mets where Andrew McCutcheon's called out because he ran out of the baseline and didn't. I'm not even close. And then they botched the call for. Have you seen as bad a double call ever? No. I mean, I, I that was that I, was, I that was shocking. The thing about that call is it kind of goes hand in hand. I think it was a Brewers game where there was a guy running up first base and a pitcher made a play and flipped it to first, and they called the same thing. They called the pitcher. They called the runner safe because the pitcher was in the baseline and he wasn't. And half second he was in the baseline. It was like two and a half seconds after he had thrown the ball. Like it was over. Right. Um, and and this, like, I guess my point is, these are things like umpire. These seem to be going out of their way to call. Yeah. Like it, it's not something. This is the type of stuff that you used to see, like in the NFL, when they would have their like po- points of interest in the preseason, and you can tell everybody had been push to call a certain type of holding in a certain part of the field, and yes. you see a million flags uh, in that. Points of you emphasis. Know, points of emphasis. Points of emphasis. That's the, and I've always contested, is something a rule or isn't it a rule? Right. Like, it, it, it's a rule the first 20% of the season, but then we'll kind of forget about it and not really call it the last 80% of the season, because we just want to make a point right. to the broadcast networks. And this was kind of the same thing. It's like, are they going, is this a point of emphasis, this the baseline thing, like, and it just comes back to the, but he, you know, the things you can review, you can't review. Exactly. I, you know, if you're going to have review, I don't quite understand why it's just not. You can review anything. Well, you and, watch, you watch McCutcheon take his lead. His lead is to the inside to begin with, and he runs literally a straight line. Yeah, albeit about a foot away from the grass, but a straight line. He doesn't deviate where he's going, yeah. right? It's re- and Lindor flat out misses him, mm-hmm. right? And then he throws the first, and they call the guy at first safe. You're like, yeah. and he's clearly out. You want to talk about yeah. totally botching both ends of it? Now the only part they could change was the play at first, which they did, and it ended up being a double play. But you sit back and say, you guys have got to be better than that. You do, and I just come back to the, I don't quite understand why you can't review the other one. What is the basis for, you know, and it's kind of the same thing in in the NFL. I guess it's like judgment calls, well, we're not going to go back. Well, you you know, somebody calls holding and there's blatantly not holding. If you can correct A, why can't you correct I thought the goal was to get every call right. Right. But now you're telling me the goal is only to get the 54% of calls right that fall under the umbrella of things that we can review. Like, I think it's... It's silly. It's bureaucracy getting in the way of itself. And you know, I'm I'm of the either you review every you have the option to review everything or let's not review anything. It uh, just yeah. you know, I'm, but I, it's a I, terrible call. I'm, terrible. I'm I'm of the opinion if you can't tell them thirty to forty seconds, shut it off, move on. I'm I'm with you there too. And there's I think I don't understand why there's in everything. We are to the point early on. I could understand you're working through some things sure. with the technology and all. Exactly. We're to the point now where. Once the guy gets under the hood or they start looking at it in New York or whatever, the clock starts and you put it on the broadcast, and if it's not able to be overturned within 30 seconds, then it's probably as close to right as it can be. Yep, move on. And then last night, Hoskins uh, had a game-time home run, and that actually was the right call. Yes. They didn't deserve to win that game. They've got a lot of issues. I mean, mean, it would have been fun and all, but they're – 
And I'm I'm a little. Some of Joe Girardi's decisions have been odd, and I don't know if he's dealing with a roster that the is very bottom empty. Like you go player like sixteen to twenty five are probably players you could argue if they should be in the big leagues at this point. Yeah. So that might be forcing his hand to overthink some other things, but uh, I don't want to say he's the reason they're a game under 500, but I, I don't feel like he's helped them as much as you would hope a manager of his uh, his resume would. Well, in a couple of years, when I think there'll be an expansion team, two of them, mm-hmm. that part about 16 to 25 guys, like maybe seven or eight shouldn't be in the majors, it's going to be even worse. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be about everybody. Yeah. And the pitching, you know, know, although nobody can hit now, you know, or at least nobody can make contact. You look at some of these numbers, and I find it interesting that all the blame is being put on the pitching's too good and not on the whole mentality of. Oh, I know. Of, of launch angle and home run and walk and strikeout, and strikeouts don't matter. They're just another out and. You know, it's yeah. Baseball's tough to watch these days. It really is. It's yeah. It is difficult. I do not enjoy watching it anywhere close to. And it has nothing to do with the quality of the team. It's the quality of play, and it's the type of play. Yeah. It's just not not enjoyable for me like it used to be. As I've told many people, uh, somebody who's actually been to MIT, actually been on the campus. I I don't see any national championships anywhere. All right, so. We will. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. The other one is is not back to the Derby for a moment. I mean, I, the Sue wonders why he has to keep working. I would not put money on a horse named Loctite Superglue. I just would you get the lingerie on the deck? Call the janitor. I just. I, I just feel like there's a destiny there. All right. (laughs) The horse is destined for one direction, and you're destined for poverty. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Broken bat, spinner on one hop to Lindor. He doesn't get McCutcheon, and they're going to say that McCutcheon's out because he was out of the base path, and it'll be a double play. I do not think that this is the right call. I don't think he it is either. He absolutely should not be called out right now. He's got three he feet. He absolutely should not. He's got three feet from his, from his line. 
He actually has three feet from his line where he establishes, where he establishes it. it. It absolutely is not the right call. And he was safe at first base, was he not? He called him safe at first, yes. I thought he called him out at first base. No, so I thought he called him safe at first okay. base. Huh? Yes. It looks like they're going to check the play at first I base. I thought he was out at first, but he definitely should be on second base safe. They absolutely made the wrong call. And I don't think this is reviewable either. He never that is absolutely, oh my that, goodness. That is an absolutely not the right call. At the entire time, it sounded like when the suit walks into the stadium. Right, um, that's no suit. <laughs> it's the whole thing's a disgrace. Now you played the Phillies TV side, okay? You should hear the Mets side. That was excellent. The Mets side, the broadcast side, they ripped the daylights out of that crew. They say they, I mean, the Mets broadcasters, Gary, first of all, uh, I don't know. Do you know Gary Cohen at all? I mean, I, I know do. Gary and they, they do a great job on the SNY Gar broadcast. Gary, Gary is a great guy and a great broadcaster. They ripped the daylights out of these guys. Like, what are you doing? They said he didn't even budge. I mean, McCutcheon didn't even move an inch. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. As the days get warmer, our attention turns to home improvements and even starting a new business. Remember, you can't expect the unexpected. Protect yourself, your family, your business with insurance from Purdy Insurance. We're independent and local and we'll find the right insurance to fit your needs. Give Purdy Insurance a call at 570-286-5855. Send us an email or go to our website at purdyinsurance.com to see what we can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. They'll make sure you're completely insured and they'll also get you the best price. It's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Very pleased to bring in the Hall of Famer, Bill Hillgrove. Bill, how have you been? It's great to hear from you. Well, I've been, uh, you know, a little bit slow, and I hope it speeds up uh, by the end of the summer. Well, it will. And you know what? I got complete confidence it will. How about that? All right? Well, that's good. Throw... That's good. Uh, we understand that the Steelers are planning to go to St. Vincent, and that's good news. And uh, we also were told that there won't be any room for us media types because uh, they're going to give each player their own room, so they don't have enough rooms. Okay. <laughs> but that's oh, not a big deal. I mean, the fans don't no. care about that. All they care about is what kind of product they're going to put on the field. Yeah. So let's go with product. Um, obviously, we'll have to see how each player translates to the league. I mean, that's that's an obvious. But let's start with the running back part, because obviously Najee Harris, many thought he would be the first pick for the Steelers. It turned out he was. 
what can that do for a Steeler running attack when you've taken a look at some of the tape of him and how he works with the, what the Steelers do? Steve, I think it takes a big step toward fixing what was the problem. And now I know they have to block better up front. And I know that toward the end of the season, uh, the run blocking was uh, absent. Uh, I think gradually we kind of morphed into a, a West Coast offense. They wouldn't say that, but that's what it looked like uh, because they didn't run the ball well enough. And, uh, you know, without a healthy James Conner, uh, I think uh, they were tempted to just do the short passing thing and and live with that. But uh, that's not the Steelers' identity, so hopefully we get back to running the football. Also, I believe, uh, I firmly believe, and this is my opinion, that if Najee isn't there, I think they trade down. Right. You know what? I agree with you. I do. I think that it was, it was get other picks if he's not there. It turned out he was, and they got their man, which was big. Now in round two, obviously I'm ultimately familiar with him, but you are too because he played a couple of games against Pitt. What was your thought on Pat Fryermuth getting picked? What was the nickname for him? Was it Gronk Jr. or yeah, uh, Little Gronk or yeah. whatever? Yeah. yeah. He, he's he's uh, he's what they need. Uh, he blocks well enough, catches well enough, uh, and I think you know they were trying to do it with two different guys in McDonald, who blocks well enough, and Ebron who catches well enough. But very few guys are Heath Millers, uh, and I think uh, Fryermuth is probably as close to that as as we're going to see. Heath Miller was special, no question about that. Uh, along the way, when you look at the secondary, Bill. Uh, obviously, there's, you know, Terrell Edmonds is there. Now, they extend Fitzpatrick, but they didn't extend Edmonds. Were you surprised at that? Not really. You know, I'm not a capologist, Steve, and I don't pretend to be. <laughs> but obviously, neither, Bill, neither uh, one of us are. That's why we have to look at our budgets all the time. And stay under the cap. And I, I really I respect that. And And so, you know, that's. I think Minka is kind of a glue guy back there, and yeah. and I think that was their priority, and, and I'm not going to argue with it. Oh, no, it, 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 we have to look at our, our budgets every day, Bill. <laughs> so, yeah. All the time, so I completely understand it. Uh, so you got Joe Hayden and Cam Sutton. So let me ask you about Cam Sutton. Joe Hayden's a given. When you look at Cam Sutton, what he did in the slot and so forth, is he the kind of guy that can man that other spot opposite Joe? Well, again, it came down to either Sutton or uh, Mike Hilton. And Sutton is a much better cover guy. And I love Mike Hilton. I love what he did. He gets to the quarterback as well as anybody. But uh, his cover skills just aren't what Sutton can bring. So, you know, I, I didn't have a problem with that at all. Uh, I will say this. Um, when I did the Penn State-Illinois game in December, Jack Ham and I couldn't say enough. Because, you know, obviously, we watched video like you do before games just get a read on people we couldn't say enough about Kendrick Green who ended up being drafted by the Steelers uh, when you look at the offensive line obviously we just talked about Najee what's your thoughts on how this can come together for them well first of all Steve I love the fact that he has a Marquise Pouncey tattoo uh, <laughs> I think that that tells you something about his mindset and yeah. uh, the fact that he was actually recruited as a defensive lineman, and I think that speaks to his athletic ability. And so, you know, you put that all together with a guy who seems to have a big enough heart, and I think he got a heck of a player. 
Yeah, yeah. And if they need be, if they had to shuffle the deck chairs and so forth, he can play guard too um, along the way. He really, that's a heck of a prospect there. What do you think about going to 17 games? I mean, it's a tough game to begin with for these guys. Uh, it's an extra week being tacked on. What's your thought? It was the lesser of two evils, and the evil was the preseason. Too many games, uh, too many fans complaining they charged too much. Uh, they had to almost do it, and so in order to reduce the preseason, they almost have to have the extra you know, season game. And uh, I think the NFL was backed into that corner, and they had to deal with it. it uh, by the way, of course, Ben's back. Rudolph gets extended a year. They've also added Dwayne Haskins. How intrigued were you by the fact that Haskins was added in? Just well, be there. When you get a when you get a chance to get a number one pick, uh, regardless of his experience uh, with the Washington football team, um, I think you have to blank the slate and look at him and see if he can help you. And uh, if he has a good preseason, which I think he will, um, they're going to have to be uh, wrestling with the fact that they might have to keep three quarterbacks. You mentioned the preseason, and you also mentioned the fact there'll be three preseason games, not four. Last year, there were none. Did you see any difference in play or any difference that you could sit back and say it was related to not having preseason games? Did it mean anything one way or the other? Because I'm going to base this completely on your experience. Steve, in my opinion, I think preseason is more for coaches than it is for players. Uh, you know, they want to see these guys in game conditions. Uh, I know every practice is taped, but in practice you're working against your own people. In a game, it's different people with different color jerseys and is as game-like as it can be, but it's still not NFL speed. And so it's more for the coaches. And so, you know, I, I didn't see a big difference in the way they came out of the shoot last year. And I'm talking about everybody. Uh, you know, they they were ready to play. So, you know, do you need the preseason? Yeah, for coaches, you do. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that's exactly right. I think that's, you know, for the coaches, yes. But I didn't really, at least watching on TV, I didn't really get a feel that it really made much of a difference in the level of play I saw. No, I'm with you. I, You know, it was a level playing field. Everybody had the same condition. Yeah. And so, you know, I, it's... Uh, what was it, the one player, and I think he's a player rep for the league. Uh, is he a member of Indianapolis Colts? Uh, the name is slipping me. Uh, he said, well, look, we proved we don't even need OTOs, OTAs, and we don't need a preseason. Well, that's an overstatement. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, it's the player's way of making uh, preseason and offseason more of a uh, country club than it already is. Uh, but, you know, they need some, uh, they need some OTAs. Uh, certainly, they need training camp, and it's you know it's 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 something that the, the players association and the league have to work out. All right, I, I want to follow that up with this. Uh, you know, you and I know what the new rules are when it comes to hitting in the preseason. It's mandated by the players association in conjunction with the owners, so they've come to an agreement on it. You and I know how much hitting is done in college practices. How many games do you think does it take for the tackling to start on the NFL level and the college level to start be good on an every game basis? Because they don't hit as much in the preseason. 
just to pull a number out of the air, I think two games. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I just think two games is enough to get those guys up to uh, to that speed. Um, but, you know, again, it's probably more about hitting and receiving a hit. You know, what was the old Mike Tyson line? Everybody has a game plan until <laughs> you get punched in the mouth. And and I think that first hit, whether it's a preseason game, whether it's a regular season game, uh, I think it gets that person ready uh, to play that game. Uh, Mike Tomlin once said to me, Billy, do you think it's in human nature for human beings to run full speed into one another? <laughs> and I just laughed. He said, hey, it takes a special person to play this game of football. And in my own case, when people say, did you play? I said, I had back trouble. I had a yellow streak about two inches wide going right up the middle. <laughs> and I don't, No, really and truly, that's, it's, it's a game for special people. I mean, it's not in your nature to want to knock somebody on their butt or to be knocked down yourself. And for these guys, especially running backs, uh, they get hit every play. Well, you know what that means. That means you and I, in terms of being around this game, each one of us made the right choice for the same reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, strong sense of self-preservation. But, but you know, it, it is about hitting. It's just, it is about blocking and tackling. And uh, like I say, I think within two games, I think the professionals are up to speed. College. Uh, you know, uh, college football has such a wide variance of talent that uh, I really don't think it's it's as essential as it is in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, in the NFL, everybody's this close talent-wise. Everybody's great or they wouldn't be there. And so I think it's just a matter of fine-tuning. I think in the college game, uh, I've, I've seen really good spring games and I've seen uh, really good openers, and I've seen bad spring games and bad openers. So, uh, you know, I think there's a difference in that regard. Yeah, well said, well put. And the fact that Mike Tom, uh, that Mike Tyson is now uh, a, a quotable philosopher is always a lot of fun. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Bill, it is always a pleasure. Please keep feeling better, okay? Please. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Steve, and you too, and. Uh... Uh, if it wasn't for the golf to be played, I'd say let's hurry up the summer and, and kick the ball off. But, uh, you know, when you get to be my age, Steve, uh, hitting that little white ball around the green pasture has a lot of appeal. Yes, and it sure does, because I'm going to go out and do that tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate that and appreciate you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Bill Hillgrove, the legendary one. By the way, Kendrick Green, I thought, you know, just on a pick. I thought that was a fabulous pick by the Steelers. I mean, I kind of, you know, you keep watching that Illinois tape over and over again. You're like, man, he can play. He can play. They had a couple guys in that offensive line for Illinois that could play. He really stuck out. So as a college player, loved him. I think he's got a real shot at the pro level. I feel better about Kendrick Green than I do about Gainwell. I mean, you're stealing the I don't know, was it the 80th round you picked him? Ah, <laughs> uh, fifth round. Ooh, I've officially downgraded my Eagles grade from a B to a B minus, which is still not I mean, bad. That's, that's 75 rounds higher than I would have picked him. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just having fun with you. No 
good! No good! No good! Well, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly the exact same words that were uttered by the suit on Saturday about 7.30 when he was looking at the three picks he made in the box for the Derby. All right, back with more in a moment. <laughs> On News Radio 1070 WKOK. <laughs> well, great to have you with us on the show today. Uh, by the way, the Kentucky Derby. Viewership, they say, was 15 million. It's pretty good. That's that's four million better than the uh, speech on Wednesday night. But the difference is this was shorter. All right, so <laughs> it's a little bit more than two minutes. Yes, we you right sir, <laughs> my hero. As a society, we like our segment short. <laughs> So now I feel like I ruined already Matt's draft day only because you know I kind of observed a player. Right, um. <laughs> I've only just I've only downgraded my Eagles grade slightly. If I went from a B to a B minus, that's still a good draft. That's not bad. Look, the bottom line is if the first two guys can play, it doesn't matter what you got with the other guys. Right. Right. I mean, really. And the bottom line is with the second round pick. Like, can he play? Okay, that's yep. that's what it comes down to. Can he play? I mean, when he plays, he has a chance to be really, really good. But the problem is, is the first part of the statement, the first three words, when he plays. Maybe all his injuries are behind him. I mean, it's, it's like it's like when the stoop moved to management. He said, "Look, I think all my mistakes are behind me." And you know, we found out that. Uh, all right, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> all right, Major League Baseball umpiring. <laughs> Look, all our mistakes are behind us. Oh no! <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Oh, my goodness. But draft is over. By the way, uh, Penn State's playing in the, uh, let's see, Penn State baseball took three straight from Michigan State over the weekend, including a 27-4 game. Like, wow, pretty good. Both the soccer teams won in the NCAA tournament. Cool. So they've advanced. And... The men's volleyball team is playing Belmont Abbey in five minutes in Columbus in the opening round of the NCAA. There are seven teams in the NCAA men's volleyball tournament this year. And that should get everybody up to date on everything. They officially did say today that the two transfers are in. Uh, Jaheim Cornwall from Gardner-Webb and Jalen Pickett from Siena. So that is... That is happening. Uh, 
By the way, did you see who Nebraska is going to open up the season with? I think it's next year. If not, yeah, it's the Fordham. year after. Fordham. <laughs> right? So Greg Sharp called me, the play-by-play guy for Nebraska. And he said, Steve, the one guy on the Bucknell broadcast kept calling him Fordham, and the other guy kept calling him Fordham. Which one was right? <laughs> I said, I said, uh, I said the, the guy that called it Fordham was Doug Birdsong. He goes, oh, then that, he, says, he says, Steve, don't tell me the other guy was the guy. He said, suit? Yeah, I said, yeah. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells Fowda! I don't know. I I was on the sidelines for Bucknell and Temple when yeah. they opened up at the link two seasons ago. Yeah. <laughs> With all due, due respect to Fordham, I mean, that that's just a joke. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm t- first of all, you're you're not off in terms of what it means. But let's let's go with a couple of angles to this. Number one. It's a 12-game schedule for each side. The Fordham Athletic Department is going to get a chunk of change that is that, especially after losing as much money as they lost last year, is going to help them close the gap by playing the game. All right, so that's what that comes down to. For Nebraska, look, they're back to 100% out there. They'll sell the game out after they play the guarantee It'll give them some money and a win, in all likelihood, just to get going. And, you know, it. so there's value on both sides to it. It is not obviously ideal, but I, I think that um, where, where people make the mistake is, they, is that they – and the game, by the way, is this year. It's the opener this year. Okay, I was right. I second guess myself. Right. No, don't don't do that. Uh, I already got, I already got the guy in the corner office second guessing <laughs> everything he does, and it really has been a brilliant execution on my part. But when you look at, you can't play Alabama every week. Penn State can't play Auburn every week. I mean, Penn State's going to open at Wisconsin. Then they got Ball State, which is coming off its best season and has nine sixth-year guys. Then you got Auburn. Then you got Villanova, and you start the conference. You have to schedule smart. You're